Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can expand your sustainable and ESG opportunities with insights from leaders in the field. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these weekly conversations about developments in this fast-growing industry. There's an ongoing debate in sustainable and responsible investment industries about whether it's better to use in-house ESG research or outsource it to third-party vendors. This is the argument in a nutshell. In-house ESG research is better at identifying the most material ESG issues for a particular portfolio, while outside vendors typically use a checklist of ESG criteria across entire sectors without considering the specific company's business model. On the other hand, most asset management firms don't have the resources to collect and analyze all the relevant data, while the analytics firm's whole business model is about collecting and analyzing large volumes of data. So, are some of the large asset managers dealing with this dilemma, and how are they dealing with it? Federated Hermes has spent more than 20 years working on this ESG and integration dilemma. Today, I'm excited to have Soteria and Agnostu on the program. Soteria is an ESG analyst in the Responsible Investing Office at Federated Hermes, and she's going to tell us about her firm's unique approach to ESG integration and corporate engagement initiatives across the $600 billion in global assets that it manages for investors. Hello, Soteria, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you, Paul. I'm excited to be here. Great. So, Taria, you have a really interesting background. You're an academic and climate change and human behavior researcher. You've worked in the corporate sector as a sustainability analyst and manager, and now you've joined one of the premier ESG asset managers in the industry. Based on your experience representing both corporations and asset managers, what makes Federated's approach to ESG integration and engagement so successful? Thanks, Paul. I do have a unique perspective, given that I've been on the corporate, academic, and now the investor side of ESG. As you mentioned, I'm currently a member of the Responsible Investing Office at Federated Hermes, where I work on our own corporate sustainability efforts and also working to integrate ESG with the investment teams throughout the organization. We're a global company who manages $600 billion in assets across equities, fixed income, money markets, and private markets. And what really sets us apart is that we've built a global team of 68 specialists dedicated towards engagement, stewardship, and our responsible investing office. Now, these aren't investment professionals who have been retrained in ESG. These 68 specialists are true ESG experts, some with PhDs like myself, We also have lawyers with advocacy experience, ESG data scientists, former corporate sustainability officers, each with a different sustainability background and focus area. So these specialists engage directly with thousands of companies around the world, specifically on ESG topics, and and they also advocate for positive change. Uh, They advocate on behalf of our company, but they also advocate on behalf of large institutional investors, and this accounts for $1.7 trillion in assets under stewardship. And because we've been doing this for the past 20 plus years, we have a tremendous database of engagement records covering over 20,000 companies. 
And then by having this long engagement history, we can also track momentum and change from these issuers over time. And as you can imagine, we've developed some extensive and close relationships with some of these companies, including the C-suite and board members. And then in addition to our own ESG, our own in-house ESG intelligence, we currently use over 10 different unique ESG data sets. And we extract data from these and then use our own proprietary data analytics to perform ESG assessments. So this approach with the level of engagement that we do is, is quite unique in the industry. So uh, once again, having been on the corporate side of this, I can see the benefit of this type of primary research. In my previous role, I was the first and only full-time sustainability person for a mid-sized specialty chemicals and performance materials company. I spent a lot of time collecting and disclosing ESG information and our investors were starting to ask ESG-related questions. But the questions they were asking, I didn't find them to be all that material to our business. So by the time we disclosed information in our annual sustainability report, it was almost a year old. So having seen this ESG discussion from, from the corporate side, I can see how the type of engagement that we're doing here at Federated Hermes can benefit the investment process, but it can also benefit the issuers as well. So, Taria, 68 specialists doing stewardship and engagement. How is the SEC looking at companies like yours uh, today in our marketplace? I know that there are some reviews that are already underway of asset management firms and advisory firms by the SEC, and there's also a significant regulatory protocol going in, being phased in, in the EU as well. Can you talk a little bit about those regulatory infrastructures uh, for our listeners? I'm not sure how familiar they are with that side of the business. So there's definitely increased scrutiny and discussion around the SEC for companies like us. And a lot of that discussion goes around the tremendous increase in sustainable related funds that we've seen in the market really escalate recently. And so what you're seeing is a lot of, a lot of in this uptick around ESG funds, there's many diverse approaches and inconsistent definitions within these sustainable or responsible products. So that's where you will then see some additional regulation and policies develop. And that's similar to the SFDR and the CFA. Okay, that's good. So uh, we'll be looking for, for those initiatives as they come out. Now, the International Panel on Climate Change just published recently its, its first report in, in a number of years, and it's painting a pretty gloomy picture related to climate impact and the emissions of uh, carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and the oceans around the world. Can you give us a little update from your perspective on that report by the by uh, the International Panel on Climate Change, otherwise known as the IPCC? Sure, Paul. There were several important findings in the IPCC report, um, including a closer linkage between extreme weather events and human activities, but also a narrowing of the range of likely climate outcomes. Despite some of the challenges that you described, there was perhaps the most important piece out of the latest IPCC report 
is that today we're in the last decade to take the necessary actions to avoid some of the most severe predicted climatic changes, but that is also still within our ability to do so. So what we're seeing in the industry is a tremendous uptick in the number of ESG funds, but there's also diverse approaches and inconsistent definitions within these sustainable or responsible products. So many companies when they talk about ESG integration are depending on ESG rating agencies to provide data inputs. So we know that ESG ratings were designed for corporate disclosure aggregation and not necessarily for alpha generation. So when portfolio managers rely on these types of ratings, they're using data that's reactive and backward looking. So this ties back into the regulation debate. So without additional regulation or consistent definitions around sustainable investing, it's difficult to determine to what extent asset managers mean when they use an ESG label for their products. So because it's unclear what the ESG benefit might be, if there is, that's tying back into the regulation discussion where we might see additional regulation and policies developing. Okay. Now, we are entering as we're discussing a more complex regulatory and policy landscape across the industry. And I'd like to know from your perspective how that affects Federated's approach to research and engagement around two specific topics, and that is risk, which we've been talking about, and opportunity in sustainable and ESG investment strategies. Can you focus a little bit on each of those? So investors are looking for consistent, comparable, and decision-useful disclosure that can, so that they can put their money in companies that fit their needs. So for us, we aren't relying on one set of data for our ESG integration methods. We're using a combination of primary research, 10 different data sets, and using that in our own proprietary data analytics. So... Um, we have a focus on materiality, which I think also goes into the risk and opportunity discussion that you're talking about. So we focus on what's relevant and financially material, and that's different for different sectors and different industries. So when we think about materiality, we can think of different things that are risky for some industries and, and focus on those. And other also focus on ways that there are opportunities based on this materiality as well. So ESG isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. And then and, and by focusing on what's material, we can keep it tightly focused on what's financially material, both in that risk and opportunity space. So when we look for companies to assess, we look at their climate, how climate change poses significant risks to their operations, and that's both transitional risks and physical risks. So by using a multi-pronged approach to ESG integration, we uh, our company feels like we get a holistic futures-oriented view of different companies. And then we integrate that into the investment process for all of our investment teams across all asset classes. Now, Satori, you've mentioned both equity and fixed income um, as being more and more a part of the ESG research and integration process, it's, it's quite a different story when you're looking at the, the, the equity side of a company than when you're looking at the, the debt side of a company. And large institutional investors, uh, they're leading the growing demand for diversified ESG portfolio integration, including significant amounts of fixed income. 
And how does how do those fixed income factors get integrated into the historical or more traditional ESG integration process that has focused almost exclusively on equities? You're absolutely right about that. And um, ESG integration has been dominated by the equity asset classes. So a recent MSCI ESG research report states that out of the 400 plus ESG exchange traded funds they track in the market, 80% are focused on the equity class, less than 17% represented by the fixed income category. So this is especially important because bondholders, like large institutional investors, can play a significant role in assessing a company's ESG profile and its potential for improvement. So credit investors tend to adopt a longer view when evaluating an issuer. They're looking at filings, looking at the balance sheet, examining legal contracts, and this is all in an attempt to limit risk. So the level of transparency this creates is an excellent opportunity to evaluate ESG practices and concerns, many of which aren't identifiable through standard questionnaires and are usually absent in credit checks. So, but for companies that rely on ESG ratings, the, the challenge here is that many of these ratings are focused on the largest publicly traded corporations and have a lower coverage for smaller companies, emerging market businesses, private markets, and other fixed income market segments, which is why it's so important then to have other sources of ESG data other than ratings when looking to integrate ESG factors into fixed income strategies. Okay, now... There's so much going on in this part of the industry right now, as we all are experiencing, and there's a critical need for more education for both investors and their financial advisors. They need more opportunities to learn more about ESG and responsible investing and all the related topics. What resources does Federated Hermes offer for continuing education? about ESG integration, corporate engagement, and sustainable investing. You're absolutely right about that, Paul. It's great that we have our 68 dedicated ESG specialists, but we also want to make sure that all of our employees and, and the industry in general is building their ESG competence. So Federated Hermes launched a Responsible Investing Institute with free web-based continuing educations about all things ESG, engagement, and sustainable investing. So this free training was developed in partnership with KKS Advisors, who's a leading ESG consultancy, which is led by Harvard professor George Serafine. And this is required, required training for all of our sales and investment team members, but it's also open and available to everyone, not just our own clients. So anyone that's listening, regardless of who you are, can take this training. And let me tell you, Paul, having taught and attended many sustainability-related courses, I can tell you that this is a really top-notch curriculum, and it covers sustainability and sustainable development concepts, along with updates in the responsible investing area. So it's not a casual webinar. It's very thoughtfully put together and data-intensive and heavy, but it's definitely worth your time. So, Daria, can you mention or can you talk a little bit about the partnership with Harvard? That's a significant um, educational institution, and of course, the gentleman you mentioned has been mentioned has been running their sustainable investment research programs for many years. Uh, what's the what kind of benefits do you get from working with a, a partner like uh, Harvard? 
We also have been doing ESG and sustainable investing for a long time. Hermes is a founding signatory of the PRI and helped to develop the, the six principles. And so by partnering with Harvard and people like George Seraphim, we've really have a long history of working together and building uh, responsible investing concepts. We have actively been engaged in a lot of these conversations. And so by partnering together, we can really merge the intersection between some of the academic literature and what's happening in the um, professional space as well. And so that's really been some of the, the benefits to those types of partnerships. Terrific. And we're, we can hopefully assume that those partnerships are going to not only stay in place, but continue to expand. I know I did some interviews with uh, some folks at Yale recently related to their research in this area. Now, Soteria, I, I would love to keep talking for for uh, an hour or more at least, because I know there's a lot more for, to cover in this area. Uh, but we're just about out of time for today's program. So how can our listeners get in touch with you about what we've discussed today? And where can they find more information about Federated Hermes Sustainable Investment Strategies and the active engagement with companies that you do around the world? I'm happy to connect with any of our listeners through LinkedIn. They can email me at soteria.anaknostu at federatedhermes.com. And they can also check out our ESG content on federatedhermes.com. Thank you, Paul. Well, thanks again, Soteria Anagnostu. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast. <laughs>